Now, it's time for the Enforcer. Winner of four Stanley Cups. One of the most dangerous men ever to lace up the skates. It's the Darren McCarty Show. Brought to you by Pain-Free Life Centers. High-intensity, high-dose laser therapy. Live your life pain-free with no drugs, no surgery, and no side effects. Now, here's Darren McCarty. What's up, guys? Four-time Stanley Cup champion Darren McCarty here on a Friday night as we get ready for the playoffs. Yes! Michigan Wolverines taking on those big bad Bulldogs of Georgia coming up uh, real soon here when we're done. As always, joined here on this Friday by my partner in crime, Shawnee B. How you doing, Sean? What's up, Mac? I hope you and uh, Dorchy had uh, a great Christmas and all that. Well, mine's more important than his, but we are going to get, as you can mention, uh, Dorch on the ones and twos, and I will... Let's in on a little secret, and this is more so to, I hope, uh, our good friend, Mr. Positive, uh, Greg from Shelby, who um, last talked to was going through some health issues, so we're sending some love out because we're recording this early, Greg. Guys got stuff to do. It's actually not Sean or I. Sean and I were ready to do, you know, a boring uh, New Year's Eve because we're old, but it's Eric Dorch who's got big plans and all this stuff, but we're recording this a little early, but we got... More things to talk about, but more pressing, Eric. I want to start with you. How was your Christmas? Yeah. Was it good? Did you and I, I had a great have Christmas. a good time? Any highlights? Give me a we highlight. Did. We had a great time. Highlight Christmas gift. Uh, highlight Christmas gift. Uh, no, I mean uh, they were all great. I, I I liked all of them, honestly. Uh, my wife or my my sister actually got me uh Dave Grohl's new book, which is kind of all his the Foo Fighters and Nirvana stuff. I'm a big Foo Fighters fan, so I'm excited to read that. Uh, Dorsey, by the way, Dorsey, my, big my, plan, my big plans for New Year's. Yeah. There you go. My big plans for New Year's, I have to work. So, yeah, that's my big plans for New Year's. I'll be right here ringing in the New Year. Well, you know what? Tune into the end of the program. We'll find out what Dorch has in the microwave <laughs> for his New Year's Eve. And maybe you, too, can enjoy that. But I think that, you know, Dorch, see, I like how you subtly just you know, you know, Dave Grohl's my man crush, right? So he's the he's the man. And I always say when I got to meet Dave Grohl back in, it was like the early 2000s and it was at Kobo Foo Fighters and I got to spend before the dressing room with him and he, I called the Dave Grohl effect because he couldn't have been any cooler to me and any cooler and he does that to everybody else. So that's sort of what I try to give is a, the Dave Grohl effect. How about you, Sean? How was, uh, we were mentioning before the show that, it was it was easy, subtle. You had a whole bunch of stuff to eat, but uh, Christmas at the Belgians went well. Yeah, very well. Thank you. No, it uh, great time, and you know, I mean, you know how it is when you get older, Mac. I like I don't care about getting things anymore. Like honestly, I have everything I need. I really, truly do. So uh, when when somebody does something different, like my my son got me these uh, premium wood chips to use. You know, there you go. New- Newsflash. I, I like to smoke stuff. Pop. Um, you, you popped know, he, on that. Yeah, he, you, you he got me up. some premium you, wood chips, and it was. I was just like that. That uh, that showed some heart and some love, and so I was appreciative of that. 
Well, I think that's you made a great point. As we get older, Sean, and, and as the kids get older, is it, do they pay attention? And do they pay attention? It's because it's the little things. It's not the big things. You know, as when you, when you're younger, it's the thoughtful things. You know, it's not you know, you know how many times it's the thought that counts, but it really does. Because you know, to me, that just I know that would pop you, and because that's one of the things is is man, they see me. Yep. You know, I was uh, I was very fortunate. I got a couple things. Uh, the curator, uh, anybody who knows me, uh, Sophia out in California, who I call her the curator, uh, she got me this uh, lovely uh, skulls chain that I that that I wear. Um, so so that was really cool. But uh, the thing that popped me hard. You guys know what a huge wrestling fan I am and talk about, the, you know, the death match and all this. Well, the ICW, who, which I was involved in and, um, you know, got in the ring with uh, Brandon Kirk uh, back in uh, beginning of October, I think it was, took a light tube to the head and stuff. Well, you know me, Sean, they made, they made ICW wrestling cards, hardcore wrestling cards, and I got in one of those. They made yeah. my own DMAC. And I, there so for me, you know, that pops me hard out of, any hot, any hockey card, any bobblehead, whatever, you know, because that's the passion. So um, they made they made me pop hard, and when I saw that, it's just bucket list. It's a bucket list thing. Since as you know, trust me, guys, 2022 in the wrestling world and and everything else, I, I think it's going to be a great year um, for everybody. Unfortunately, I wanted to get both your thoughts on this because the first thing that came to my mind. When I heard of the passing of John Madden, the legend um, was, man, at least he got to see his his documentary or the Christmas Day special on Fox. And, you know, it, it reflected me back to how many times do things like this happen? You know, the appreciation where, where it, it's sort of like the culmination. To me, it reminded me of, you know, you, you hear people that are married a long time and one passes away and then the next one passes away right after that because... It's sort of like storyline meant to be. But John Madden, fair enough to say, I think, Sean, is one of those transcendent generational people, not only in sports, but in life. And you and I can sit here and talk about him and and have some memories about him as the coach, have memories of him. And, you know, Al Davis, you think of the Oakland Raiders and stuff, but but into the commercials, into the broadcasting, into the video games, which would lead me probably, I guess I'm going to start, you know, Sean, with you. What is the first thing when you think John Madden? Because for me, honestly, you say John Madden, I say turducken. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. like like, like uh, the, the turkey chicken duck that he introduced us all to and how to properly cut it because that's the one thing is – he was the greatest explainer, not only of sports, of football, complication, schemes, all this stuff, but to a guy who never watched football, I could watch him and explain it, but also food. So I go to you, Sean. <laughs> no, you know, Mac, there are three guys that when I hear their voice, I'm transported someplace else. When I hear the late Ernie Harwell, I'm in my backyard with the transistor radio in the windowsill, playing in the backyard so we could listen to Tiger baseball. When I hear Bob Cole, I'm in front of my TV watching Hockey Night in Canada. When I hear John Madden, even when he moved on, I I was transported to my living room. It's a Washington-Dallas 4 o'clock game. And and honestly, that's the best compliment I can give him. I'm serious. Is, is, 
I, I mean, he was one of those guys, Mac, where honest to God, he, he was so ingrained in football that he transports you back to that place when you were a little kid. Uh, just unbelievable. There's, there's no denying his impact on the game. And the fact is he was bigger than the game. Yep. Because it didn't matter what game it was, even though you knew that if it was a John Madden and especially Pat Summerall team covering a football game, it was a big game. Yep. And plus John Madden, the only announcer to announce a Lions playoff win. Unbelievable. I'll go to Dorch on that. I'll go to Dorch. I got to think John Madden, Madden NFL, right? Yeah, I I mean, that's probably, you know, me being born in the, you know, at the end of the 80s. Yeah, the game should be what I saw. But I associate him with, you know, the the play-by-play just as much. I can remember sitting up and watching Monday Night Football every 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 Monday, but I you know I could only stay up till halftime. I was a kid, but I can remember listening to him call the games, watching him all these great players that I grew up loving, listening to him call them. But yeah, obviously the game would be the most. I'm I'm not ashamed to say I think I've invested a lot of money in Madden NFL over the years. I think I've had every single uh, copy of it, and uh, the guy really was. Uh, I, I tweeted it out yesterday. He was someone who impacted the game on so many different ways. You can kind of lose count of all the ways. I mean, Super Bowl winning coach, one of the greatest commentators uh, of video game franchise that will stand for years and years to come. So it, it was. It's it, He was definitely a very impactful person. You know, and if you break it down, Sean, because we're old enough, he was like the transitional guy, not only between coach and commentary, but also commercials. You know, the the beer commercials, the athlete, like how many classic, get in a rabbit hole, go to YouTube, put John Madden commercials. And you see, because he brought, he brought that buffer between, you know, the reality and I guess the larger than life, because he still was, but the humanity to the football player. And then he'd introduce and then all these guys loved him and, and chat and, and would embrace them. So that would introduce the football guys into the corporate world, which then you get these these sort of deals and and everybody working out and then sponsorship and so not only to the no mac i mean to your point i mean make no mistake about it this was really one of those things that he was transcendent i mean there's absolutely no other way to say that i mean he brought the traducan butt sweat you know uh making fun of guys like Troy Aikman that couldn't grow facial hair you know i mean just so many different things and it's funny because there is another group of people it's it's a little uh too long for even a guy like me that's got some white in his beard i don't really remember him much with the raiders uh, you know it, by the time he retired i mean i i think i was 7 years old so i i don't remember his time with the raiders but he won a Super Bowl with the Raiders. They they knocked off the Vikings. And Matt, guys like you and I, that's a little that's a little too long for us. But being a historian of 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 sports, obviously you cannot diminish what he did as a football coach either. But for us, and I tweeted this out last night, Matt. Guys like us, we grew up in the eighties. We we became you know quote unquote adults in the nineties. And John Madden was there. I mean, Sunday afternoon, John Madden was there. That's just the way it was. And to me, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate uh, compliment that you can give some guy is that he, he, was, he was always there. And you knew it was football season when you heard John's voice. Yeah, and I encourage everybody uh, as we go into this break is think about, because, Sean, you brought up a great point. Think about the announcers that narrate 
narrate your life. You know, Brent Musburger is another one that comes to mind as far as incorporating, you know, <laughs> the wives and incorporating the vision. So um, go down that John Madden rabbit hole. I think that uh, it, it's one of these things as guys get older and, and to your appreciation where you mentioned Bob Cole, I'm the same would be more with Doc Emmerich, you know, now the fact that he's off. So um, thanks for joining us here on this Friday night. We're going to take a break and when we come back. Yeah, the game's going on just around the corner. We got to talk Wolverines, Georgia Bulldogs. When we come back. This is the Darren McCarty Show on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Now here's Sean Belegian and Detroit Red Wings legend, Darren McCarty. All right, welcome back. Darren McCarty Show here at 760 WJR on this fine, fine Friday night. You know, New Year's Eve 2021. And I wish everybody out there a great 2022, no matter what. You know, you're still grinding. You're still getting back down on that. Sean, I want to uh, let everybody know is that uh, released on Wednesday, anywhere you find a podcast is a new uh, podcast series called The Comeback, and it's executive produced by Sylvester Stallone. And my episode came out because they've chosen mine to uh, do the comeback of, of my life story and stuff like this. And, um yeah, it's all about part of the journey. So anybody that that knows my journey or or doesn't know my journey, it's all about never, never. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, Mac. I mean, that's uh, you know, as somebody who's, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this, had a, a at least a second row seat to you know some of the ups and downs that you've had. Uh, to see you doing as well as you've been doing for a long time now is awesome there's no doubt about it and you know mac i I can say this i you've always been the same guy i mean that's the one thing the one thing that people have to say about darren mccarty is he's a good dude i mean you know even when you would be the first to admit it even when you needed uh, dorch what was the line he used during the break to mow down some of the trees in the forest. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. E- even when he needed exactly. to mow down some of the trees in the forest, you know what? It, he was always a nice guy. He was always uh, cordial with everybody in the media. A guy that, you know, I, I'm lucky to say over the course of, um, uh, I, I guess, his playing career, I, I got to become buddies with and everything. And it's it's deeper than just a guy that, you know, I watch play hockey and everything. So, Mac, that's the coolest thing about it. Uh, having that close-up look to some of the ups and downs that you've had and some of those trees that you had to, to, to blow out of the forest and everything, watching you happy now and thrive, uh, I, I think that I can speak for everybody. That makes everybody happy. You are one of us. You've always been one of us, and I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, you know, and here's the one thing is is that it's no different, and, and I guess going through it sometimes is that who you were isn't who you – you are now if you don't want it to be. And, and, and when you hear, when I hear things that you never wanted to hurt anybody else, but when you see the pain on other people that, that you've affected that have been close to you, well, that, that stinks. So the only thing you can do about it is move forward and moving forward. We're moving forward. Wow. Big, big game. Finally above us. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kayfabe this, because we're recording this and and here's the whole thing, Sean. 
and and I think it goes to what the betting line was. I don't know if it's eight, seven and a half, whatever George is favored and stuff like this. It's what teams are going to be fielded. Is it a full Michigan roster? Is it a full Georgia roster? Are we going to get this going on? I've been holding my breath all week, and the closer we get, the more non-skeptical I am. But I was still 50-50 going into um, – I'm going to speak about future self because I just saw the Matrix, the new one and stuff. So future self thinks that till he's waiting till this show is done to make sure – Everybody else, because I watched the bowl game get canceled two hours before. I watched the the Hawaii Bowl ruin my friend Neil Rule. I mean, that was his favorite favorite bowl. The week they canceled that, so I hope this game goes on. If it's at seven and a half or eight, I like the confidence. I like what I've seen all year. Something different. I like this Wolverine team. It's business as usual, and me going into this game. I think they have as good a chance because of how well-prepared they are. Um, you know, little things like uh, people saying, did they go down to Miami too early? Are they hanging out on the beach? Are they doing that? You know what? This is a responsible team. They're not going to get in their. They have a goal at hand. They're not going to get in their own way by running out and doing things um, stupid. I don't think anyways. They have a goal. I think it was nice to see them. Um, be rewarded for a great season. That's what the coach does. But I. Well, if this is any other year, Mac, I, I'm going to go down the same line that you are. If this is any other year. And I think people that know me, I'm one of those people that have told the truth around here. And what I mean by telling the truth around here, the SEC has been better for a long time. It's not that long ago. I'm, I'm, I'm talking 10 years ago. People would still argue. no. Nobody really makes that argument anymore, but nobody really either accepts that the SEC is better. There's a reason that the SEC gets talked about. I get as sick of it as everybody else, but the proof is in the pudding year after year after year. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a tip from you. Any other year, you see the names, you see Georgia, even though they've, they've been kind of the bridesmaid forever in the SEC, you see Georgia, Michigan, you sit back and you go, Georgia by a couple touchdowns at least, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not doing that this year. I, I I think this Michigan team has earned everybody's respect, or at least they should have earned everybody's respect. Uh, Eric, I, I know you watch with a close a close eye, as close an eye as anybody, knowing what a fan you are. This is a uh-huh. team that's built to a crescendo. My jaw won't drop if Michigan wins this game. Look, point blank, I'm telling you, I think Georgia's going to win. I'm telling you, point blank, right now, I'm not – let there be no mistake – I think Georgia's going to win. I think Michigan's going to cover the spread. But this isn't a jaw drop if Michigan ends up winning this game tonight. No, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, you know, you and I, we, we know each other a couple of years, and over those years we've watched Michigan look like they're maybe about ready to do it, and then, you know, the rug gets pulled out and we see they're not really what we thought they were kind of thing. This year just felt different. That's not to say that every week I didn't expect to see the rug maybe start getting pulled a little bit, but every every week, they, they lived up to the challenge. They kept doing what they had to do. They kept getting the wins outside of Michigan State. They, they kept getting the wins. And this just feels like a different team. Uh, I, I'm not going to go crazy here. I, I think Michigan wins, but I think this is a dogfight all the way to the end because Michigan isn't a team that's you know going to run away with it against a, a good team. And Georgia's a good team. So I think Michigan gets the win, but 
Uh, I think it's going to be very, very close. I really, you know, what's interesting about this one to me is, and it's amazing how quickly narratives can change. I mean, up until that SEC championship game, people were talking about this Georgia defense being a defense for the ages. I mean, they were phenomenal. And I mean, there's just a ton of guys on that defense and a linebacker in particular that would look really good in Honolulu blue and gold or (laughs) Honolulu blue and silver. But we'll save that for a couple months yet. But I mean, all jokes aside, uh, you know, this was a defense that everybody was talking about as being one of the best defenses in recent years. It's amazing how quickly things can change when Alabama got that thing going and really rolled them. You're not hearing that talk. And and it's it's funny to me, Eric, because I'm not going to take the small sample size and make that speak for the large sample size. And what I mean by saying that is this. Oh. Georgia's defense is tremendous. And, and Michigan's going to have their hands full all game long. Try to forget what happened against Alabama. Try to forget that. But with that being said, this defense is still tremendous. But I'm going to reiterate to you, Mac, I – in a different year, I would have just automatically said SEC Georgia by 14 over Michigan. I'm not saying that this year. I think Georgia's going to win. I think it's going to be a tight one. But would my jaw drop if Michigan won this game? Absolutely not. Now, is that because, Sean, you've seen the SEC not do anything so far in these bowl games with the rest of the league? Or is it this Georgia team? Because I think you bring up a great point, right? It's it's the same thing as we're going into that. It's Kate McNamara taking care of the ball, which I don't think he's done a 100% great job. I think he's rebounded from some turnovers and come back and played well, and it hasn't hurt them. But he's got to be spot on. But it's the, it's in the pit. It's that, is it Hutchinson and Ajabo? Can they, can they pressure enough in the backfield? Can they be three yards deep and can the Michigan, you know, this Michigan offensive line, this is their biggest test, but are they up for it? We hear all this about Georgia, but again, the best part is I hope they have both full lineups and we see it. But like you said, Sean, this is a different year. And if it's any year to come out, it'll be this year. So, ah, gosh, can't wait. We're coming up on it. Just halfway there around the corner get to watch the playoff game michigan wolverines i hope you turn into it anyways we're gonna pay some bills here we come back on the darren mccarty show we got to talk about uh has things changed a little bit and and with hockey we're going to talk some world juniors uh team usa uh covid's really uh hampering them but the nfl the nhl uh, WWE even they're making some protocol changes. We're going to talk about that when we come back. This is the Darren McCarty Show on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Now here's Sean Belegian and Detroit Red Wings legend Darren McCarty. Who New Year's Eve 2021 here? Thanks for joining us, Darren McCarty Show. Getting ready for that big Michigan Wolverine Georgia Bulldogs playoff game, which Sean and I think that. You're saying there's a chance, and I'm saying Samsonite, baby. You know there's a chance. Dumb and dumber reference there for everybody. Anyways, uh, you know, we got to talking about it a little bit, and, and this sort of goes in to different strokes for different folks, and it could be to the conversation Sean and I were having as do you judge a division, a conference, a league by their top, by their bottom, by their whole, Right? Why do I mention that? Because it's the whole SEC de- debate, 
of their dominance and stuff like that, yet yet alone an 8-4 team can beat an 8-4 team. Where Sean and I, that doesn't really matter. Who is your cream of the crop, right? The fact that we only in the Big Ten of Ohio State, as of until this year, Michigan having to dethrone them, but they're the one prince in the last five, six years of, of this, our conference. You know, in the SEC, it changes a little bit, but again, right? You got a couple teams that are, you got the Georgias that are there, the Alabamas, they ain't going away. There's a difference. I think what we need is more of the parity, but to your point, Sean, it seems that in sports, it's how it fits your narrative. And what's fitting different narratives right now is as we're in this Omicron and I'm the COVID vaccine and how it affects sports because the NFL, the NHL, the WWE, uh, different have mandated like the CDC from 10 days to five days as far as quarantine, right? Which as we're crossing our fingers coming up to game time, we're hoping that nobody's affected no matter what it is. We've seen the NHL over the break, the the wings canceled games, even on to the, the game Wednesday at home and LCA against the Islanders, the NHL's around to what we were talking about. You and I, the world junior championships, any of the, hockey elite fans going on uh, in Edmonton and in Alberta, actually. Um, but the USA, Team USA under-20 team had to forfeit a game, right? It's had to forfeit a game in the tournament because of COVID and stuff like this. So my point is it looks like things are changing a little bit, but where does the line draw? And I always say follow the money when it comes into affecting the, the league or whatever, the, the money. But a couple things here, Sean. How is that fair to these young kids? And it stinks for that. It leads into the, the NHL and you see some some uh, some callback from guys like Connor McDavid and Brad Marchand about the Olympics being and the participation being canceled and about personal use. Um, I guess I wanted to get your opinion first on is this right for the USA team? Is it fair? Should they push this off? What do they do? And I guess moving forward, wh- where are we at? Do you see things getting better? Do you do things having a stop? Do you think maybe the national? Well, let me jump in there. I, I think first and foremost, I, I think what's going on right now in the world juniors is, is just a, crying shame because you have healthy kids healthy kids right now that that are are testing positive that that are vaccinated and they're being punished and i i'm i'm incredibly incredibly uh frustrated at that um you know as as we sit here right now uh, is this even going to continue and that's my biggest concern and um you have usa had to forfeit a game uh, Chechia had to uh, forfeit a game against the Finns. As we sit here right now, again, taping this, it sounds like Russia is going to have to forfeit their game uh, against Slovakia. So th- this is terrible. And and I'm going to tell you this point blank, Eric, if you've never heard me say this, I have no problem saying this. I know, I know Darren knows that I feel this way. The best hockey of the year. The best hockey of the year in one man's opinion, 
is the World Junior Championship. Period. End of story. I'll take this over everything. I'll take it over the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'll take it over the Memorial Cup. I'll take it over everything. I mean that. Now, again, just one man's opinion. I think the World Junior Championship is the best thing going in hockey every year. And to Max's point, I think what is a crying shame, and you've heard a lot of the players say this, including Connor McDavid, we haven't had a best versus the best in a long time in hockey. And that's a crying shame. That is an absolute crying shame. It's an injustice. It's something that I don't know why they can't do this. I don't know why they can't, you know, set up a, a, a World Cup of hockey again, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, it is unfortunate. But I think, just one man's opinion again, I think a lot of people out there that maybe weren't so tired of of, of some of this, um, the, the COVID shenanigans are now getting tired of it. You You see... Uh, the NFL, you see the NHL, you see people saying, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to move this to only five days and, and let's try to figure this out because life has to keep moving on. And if anybody's mm-hmm. listened to me during this almost two years from day one, that's what I said. We have to keep moving forward. We can't lock down. We can't lock down the healthy, um, you know, be safe, do what you have to do. Get your shot. I, I'm, I have no problem saying that. Wear a mask, whatever you have to do to protect yourself, but we can't shut things down. And I think the one thing that we've learned through this, sorry to get on my pedestal a little bit here, is the lockdowns were an abject failure. There's no two ways about that. It was a failure. It cost us a lot more than any of us want to admit. And you feel sorry for those kids in particular that that were out of school and, and, and all of that. But with all that being said, I think it's a crying shame, Eric, that that you're dealing with this. And healthy kids, healthy kids right now are being told, no, you can't play. Well, I'm not sick. Yeah. Oh, but you can't play. Huh? I mean, think about I, that. I, com- I completely agree with you. I do. Uh, see, I'm in that weird split thing. Like, I, I, when I look at it, you know, I'm, I'm a big NBA guy. So I look at the NBA. And the last two days, my Twitter has gone off about a thousand times. And it's all team signing guys, team signing guys, because they don't have enough players to play the game. And it's almost reaching the point. It's like, should we just shut this down for a couple of weeks? Let everybody get back to healthy and let's go again. But at the same time, I agree with you. You're shutting down people who are doing the right things and are healthy and are able to play for the sake of the few that can't stay healthy or are oddly contracting this. And it's, it's just creating a weird thing. So I, I do completely agree. And I agree that uh, juniors is some of the funnest hockey to watch. I have friends that are sending me highlight after highlight every year watching this stuff because of how great it is. But I am kind of with you. It, it, it's it's I, I'm I, I switch to both sides, but I do kind of agree. Shutting the healthy down for the sake of the few does seem a little odd in this instance. Yeah, you. I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not going to get on my soapbox anymore. I, I, I said I what I had to say, understand. and you 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 uh, you said what you had to say. I, I just think right now, as we sit here, okay. I'm, again, full disclosure, guys. We're we're taping the show. I hope you can understand that. It's Wednesday afternoon, and I just received a tweet wondering aloud if the World Junior Tournament is going to continue because guys are healthy. They aren't sick. They they aren't sick. Like to a man, they're all saying, I'm good to go. I can play. Okay? They're vaccinated, but they're being told that they can't play. And so now as we sit here Wednesday afternoon – uh, this tournament might be in jeopardy. What a shame. So what a shame. Give me a, a, a real quick, just as someone who you obviously understand all this far, far better than I do following this game. What's the alternative? Just play, play with a short, short roster. 
let whoever's not healthy sit down. The guys that can't stay healthy play, and we 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 may not have the full bench. Unfortunately, Eric, under under the circumstances in which they run, I mean, the the, the forfeiture is the only thing. I, I, you know, Team USA didn't want to forfeit. You know no. that Czechs didn't want to forfeit. You know that Russia didn't want to forfeit. Unfortunately, under the parameters in which they're working, that that is the option. I mean, it is, and and that's sure. that's the sad reality of this. And again, I. I I think what's frustrating about this is all these kids are sitting there saying, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sick right now. And gotcha. uh, this is life. Let's hope things change in 2022. All right. One more segment to go. Glad you could join us. This is the Darren McCarty show on 760 WJR where Detroit comes to talk. Now here's Sean Belegian and Detroit Red Wings legend, Darren McCarty. Man, I'm telling everybody out there on behalf of Darren McCarty's show, Eric Dorch, Shotty B, everybody in the front office making this happen. It's going to be a great 2022 for everybody out there. But talking World Juniors, um, and like, here's the thing, Sean. Because now, we were just commenting on this because how do I know how long the Darren McCarty show has been around? Well, we started it the week before COVID. So it's coming up on two years. And saying that two years in, right? There should be some sort of flow. Well, we were two years into this COVID and the fact that they're canceling and not allowing these kids. And we see this, Dorch, I heard Dorch was mentioned about the NBA. I mean, Moose Greg Monroe made a reappearance. I mean, oh my gosh. You don't remember that name from back in the day. But the fact <laughs> is, is that going to the World Junior were these 18-year-old kids, right? I'm assuming everybody at this point, and this is what Steve Eisenman brought up, is the fact that everybody's done everything that they're supposed to have done. They've gotten vaccinated. They've gotten tested. They've gotten all this. They're asymptomatic. Isn't this the evolution of sickness? Aren't we? Shouldn't we just be worried about how many people are dying? And and the fact that that's down. That this is this is more of just you know something being of a sickness. How are, you, how are you not making this call? This seems like you're acting like it was two years ago, right? So in saying that, we're dealing with the International Ice Hockey Federation and stuff, which is a different proponent than the NFL. We can agree that the NFL is the, the, the republic and everything else. Now, they've backed off on testing stuff like this. I would think the NFL is going to do the opposite, right? And as long as you're tested and as long tested, as long as you're not spreading it, as long as you're vaccinated and feeling good, isn't that to my question, Sean, what am I missing? No, that's exactly what am it. I missing? It, and and I, I think that's the frustrating part about this, Darren, is, is these are, these are kids that are in essence in their own little bubble. They are. I mean, at this tournament, you're in your own little bubble. You're around your team. Uh, that's the one thing that you have to – and the NHL led the way. Let's be perfectly honest about this. The Great bubbles, job. when you think of the bubble playoffs, it was success uh, for the NHL, for the NBA, and the NHL led the way. And that's what's so frustrating about this because, Darren, you haven't heard one case of any of these Russian kids or any of these Czech kids or any of these American kids being sick. They're healthy. Yeah, and you're telling them you can't play. 
I'm sorry, I have a problem with that. I re- and, and I would hope that everybody has a problem with that. But again, in today's society, I get that. It, it's, it's more important to toe the company line. This is to the point of common sense now. To me, this is to the point of common sense. And it doesn't make any. Common sense, Sean. And this is, I think, because I'm always following the money. When common sense and legality of lawsuit and where this could lead in court and, and bigger than that, because it's beyond common sense. It's where who's covering their butt for what, right? Not for the betterment of moving on and the betterment of people and the betterment of society. It's, it's moving on. Now, Dorch, I'm going to go to you as a focus group for our younger demographic. But where do you stand on this? Are, 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 can you explain what Sean and I are missing? I wish I could. I'm sitting here listening. I was asking you guys questions in in the break to try to kind of get a better understanding of this. Um, look, I get that, you know, from a, a league standpoint, you're looking at this as these, whether they feel sick or not, these people have COVID. I have many friends who have tested positive recently who say that it was two weeks of, they felt fine the whole time and there was no problem. They really thought they could get up and go do whatever they wanted, but because they tested positive. So for me, it is that thing of, I get you tested positive. I get you feel great. We still got to be safe. But like you guys are saying, these guys all feel fine. They feel capable of playing. The fact that they're saying, nope, we're going to just shut it down altogether for that. It does not make sense to me. I, I'm there with you guys. It's an interesting. Hey, listen, I mean, newsflash, you guys, uh, you have no reason to remember this. I did two shows with you guys when I had COVID. I was fine. I don't, I don't know. And, and again, I want to say I'm not minimizing COVID. COVID has killed way too many people. It has been very serious. But if, if you're somebody that's in relative good health, especially when you're talking about young kids and you look at those, I mean, these are uh, Mac uh, grade A athletes. I mean, they are. They are grade A athletes, even at 17, 18, 19 years old. They're, they're not even feeling sniffly, for goodness sake. This part, right? It's like... You know, it, you know what it's like, Sean? It's like when we were kids, you had a baseball game, and you look outside and it's sunny, but they canceled the game. And you're like, what, what, what? Wait, why can't we play? Oh, no. And then the storm supposed to come in, doesn't come in, whatever. Why didn't we just do play it, right? And the next time, it's the same thing, and you go out there and somebody gets hit by lightning. Who knows, right? Like, But I think at the end of the day, follow the money, and then – who is trying to cover their butt? Like where in the, where does this financially or where does this is this just truly about the health and welfare? You know, we're talking here are the tournaments in Canada also, and you look at their restrictions and their guidelines, which are totally different than this country. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, who knows at the end of the days, and and here's the tough part. Leading window. Right, because you're only this age once, yep, or twice, or be able to play, and 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 that's the tough spot, and that's the tough spot, and that's why I hope in all these college kids who, you know, the conversation we didn't even get into is is I was going to ask you, and I don't think we have time, but what changed this year, and if it seems like it's the the big thing for proverbial first rounders is the opt out, why did that change from other years? Yeah. Is it more money? Is it like, where's, where's that at? And thinking about that, I mean, I get into a whole NCAA diatribe, but the fact is 
wait till that first NIL deal is to that one guy by I'm going to use, let's say there's a company named Schmikey and they want this young quarterback kid, but they won't let him play in the bowl game because they're going to sign him on his NHL contract. Right. It's, it's, I guess it's just, who knows, ending 2021, all these questions that we'll still have in the next year. Anyways, Dorchy, before I let you go, um, yep. anything to say, any, any memories, any quick something about 2021? It's, uh, you know, all things considered, it was a great year. You know, I got, got a year of doing this with you guys, got a year of, uh, you know, fortunate health for me and everyone I care about. So overall, it was a good year, and hopefully 2022 can be uh, even better. My only goal for 2022 is to get our schedules lined up and get your butt out on a golf course so we can figure out who the real champion is of the Darren McCarty show. Uh, all right. That sounds good. We will do that. Sean, you. Uh, all the teams are heading in the right direction. I haven't felt that way in a while. It's it's going to take a little while yet, I think, for a couple of them. Uh, but uh, Steve Eiserman, to me, is ahead of course. Uh, you knew it was going to work. He's ahead of course. Uh, so let's continue in that upward trajectory. Way to end this on this last show, this last day of 2021. Rest in peace, John Madden. But what John Madden said, it's not always about the championship. It's about the journey all he is no matter what how many times you fall down get your butt back up uh be safe this new year's eve and remember go blue we'll see you next